0: Have you ever felt like you've tried everything to heal from the pain of sexual abuse and yet nothing seems to really be helping? Well, one of the reasons why most people struggle to break free from the pain of past child abuse is because the techniques out there are positioned as a one-size-fits-all answer. What I want you to know is that there are actually three distinct phases on the path to recovery, and I'd love to share with you about these phases what issues you must resolve to move to the next phase, and what kinds of support you'll need in order to move forward as quickly and completely as possible. The road to recovery is much easier when you know what stage you're in and what to do next. So don't hesitate. Go to www.rachelgrantcoaching.com and get your nine-page guide today. Now, on to our show. For those of you who don't know me yet, I have been a sexual abuse recovery coach since 2007 and am the author of Beyond Surviving, the final stage in recovery from sexual abuse. I work with survivors who are sick and tired of feeling broken and unfixable, and I help them break free from the past and finally feel normal. You can learn more about me and the Beyond Surviving program at rachelgrantcoaching.com. Today, I'm very excited to have here with me my guest, Paula Dausch, who will be sharing with us how you can overcome what has happened to you and live a life of purpose. We're going to talk about how to identify those barriers that are holding you back from living the life you deserve. So I want to tell you a little bit more about Paula before we begin. So from Grand Rapids, Michigan, she is a trauma survivor who's now a speaker, writer, An activist. At a young age, her identity was shattered from the effects of growing up in alcoholism, drug addiction, and a home filled with violence. Due to all the childhood trauma that she experienced at home, she shut down. I think a lot of us can identify with that. Later in life, she found herself struggling with many self destructive behaviors. Then, in 2015, she founded her nonprofit effort, Unstuck. I love that. And Paula's mission is really to help people who have been affected by addiction, trauma, and eating disorders to overcome adversity by providing them with the services they need to heal emotionally and maintain lifelong recovery. Paula, when talking about her own experience, mentions that for a long time she didn't know who she was or what was wrong with her. And as a child, she was scared. As a teenager, she was lost. And as an adult woman, she was deeply wounded, filled with secrets, shame, and guilt. And the only way she really knew how to escape that pain was to run to addictions and self-destructive behaviors. But today... She shares her story of hope and healing and recovery around the world and around the country with recovery programs, with schools, churches, women's groups, radio shows, and and juvenile programs. And she offers a real message of hope with her story of perseverance and letting her audience know there is a way out. If God can do it for her, he can and will do it for you. So let's chat. Let's get to know Paula a little bit more. I'm so, so excited to have you here today, Paula. Welcome.
1: Well, thanks for having me, Rachel. I think it's important (laughs) to share our stories. Yes, yes. And, you know, when I started the podcast a
0: while ago, I thought, you know, absolutely, um, I want this to be a space where survivors can can come and, and talk about their journey and whether they're doing, um, you know, advocacy work or just to tell their stories. And so I'm excited to hear your story and also how this has evolved into um, your organization, Unstuck. So, yeah, tell us a little bit about uh, yourself and a bit more of your story.
1: Okay. Um I will share a little bit with you. Um, first of all, I think that our, you know, we end up finding our purpose in life out of our passion. You know, and where does that passion come from? I think our passion, passion is developed when we overcome something in life, something hard, some type of obstacle that we never thought that we were going to get through. And um, when I was to, when I was able to heal. From a lot of my story and a lot of my past. Um, I just started offering hope and sharing that with others, and it was more out of my excitement that I that I've healed and that I feel better, and I'm mm. I'm on my path to recovery. That's more how I was sharing it. But when I found out that my story was actually helping other people, I thought, wow. Um, You know, if God has done this for me and when I share it with other people, if they're desiring that too, because I think that's the thing, Rachel, is so many people are broken and they think that they're unfixable. And by us sharing their stories, it gives them hope.
0: Mm, Yeah, I love that. Absolutely. And um, I can relate to that quite a bit because there was certainly a moment in my life where, you know, I was just trying to get my shit together. Yeah. (laughs) And, you know and And using these strategies and and taking steps towards that, and then you know when I was exactly in that place that you mentioned of feeling like, "Oh, wow, okay, like life is better, I feel good, I'm not going around that same mountain like I used to all the time of despair and depression and frustration and being triggered and um, yeah. and then I thought, well, yeah, I wonder if this can be of help to others, so um, yeah, absolutely, and I'm glad that you've you found your way there. Tell us a little bit about that journey. You know, what what was that like for you? Um, how did you find that
1: place of healing? Um, well, first of all, like as a child, um, I really didn't even know that there was something wrong with me. I just thought mm-hmm. that what I was being brought up in was normal. I thought that parents, Fought. I thought that, you know, your dad disappearing for long lengths of time, weeks to months, and coming home and, you know, abusing your mother or being violent with his children, I thought that was normal. And so mm-hmm. I think um, when you know no different as a little child, um, that's just your normal. And yeah. so I didn't really realize that there was something wrong with me until I was out of school, and I actually had to get into the workforce and into my job, and other people were able to point that out or, you know, learning that um, I had these learning disabilities that were even holding me back from certain jobs. And I just thought, you know, my biggest thing was I thought, I am stupid. There has got to be something wrong with me. And I just um, went on this journey, and not to mention the self-hate that you live with because of all this shame and guilt and secrets. And Mm -hmm. I just, I went on this journey um, to, to finding help. You know, I needed help. And um, the 12-step program was mentioned to me, a recovery program. And I started going to that in my early 20s. And that was the the first thing that started to help me, but it, but it took years, a lot of seat time in that program, and also, too, um, later in life, I found my faith, where somebody shared my faith with me, and these two outlets, through my faith in God and through my recovery program, taught me to start asking questions, you know, mm-hmm. and I believe that, in these recovery programs and through my faith, you know God brought people around me that you know told me that what happened to you wasn't normal. I'm like, really? Mm-hmm. You know, I I, I thought that it, I thought <laughs> right. that it was normal, and it's so crazy how much healing can come from just the words, "I'm sorry that that happened to you." Mm-hmm. You should have never ha- have had to gone through that because. You know, to experience abuse from my earthly father who struggled with addiction, it was no big deal. That's just something that happened in our house. You know, I'm going to survive and I'm going to get through this. And as a survivor, we all handle it in different ways, but my mechanism was to shut down. I knew how to get through painful situations and survive through that. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank
0: you for that. And, you know, I think that this particular response of wanting to kind of shut down and, you know, I sometimes describe it as, you know, white knuckling it through life. Like, yeah, you get by, you get through uh, but man, is it hard, and it takes a lot of effort, and um, to be disconnected and to hold yourself separate. What do you recall about, you know, how that? It certainly served you and, and helped you. What do you remember about how that um, impacted you, though? Like the things that you maybe missed out on, or that you didn't get to have in your life at that time um, when shutting down was your you know, like your mo.
1: Well, as an adult woman today, you know, um, let me just say this because for for the listeners that are listening is that we have to understand that everybody's healing journey is different and the way that people heal is going to look different for everybody else. But my experience was is that I shut down so much that I don't remember most of my childhood. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until about three to five years ago that memories started coming back and that was when i was in my recovery program and when i was actually able to start living in like a safe environment where it was okay for me to have those memories to get the Mm -hmm. special help that i need because i did see a trauma therapist who helped me to walk through these memories um so missing out on childhood stuff, I missed out on a lot because by blocking out stuff, I definitely did not pay attention in school. Um, it was not my fault. As an adult woman, I thought it was my fault. But now that I know better, it wasn't my fault. And so right. I didn't learn much through school. Um, I graduated reading at like a third grade level. Um, Mm -hmm. I was put in special classes to assist me with my schoolwork, but because of all the trauma at home, I wasn't capable of learning. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, thank you for sharing that, Paula,
0: because I think for a lot of adults who are, you know, trying to figure out, like, why am I having such a hard time here? I'm an adult. I should be able to do this. Or I should be able to do that. You know, we have certain expectations of people based on, you know, age and and these sorts of things. But absolutely right. When, when you're going through trauma as a child, uh, you know, your system, your brain, your biological system, your social systems, they're all being impacted by the abuse. And so um, yeah, man, I just love the opportunity to give ourselves a little bit of grace and understanding in that space of, you know, look, I, I was doing the best I could. And yes, I missed some things um, as a child. And, you know, here as an adult, I can, you know, pick up the pieces and I can learn things that maybe I missed then. But to stay out of that space of like, man, there's something wrong with me or that blame or that shaming voice. So Um, I appreciate you kind of bringing that forward. You're welcome. So you find yourself, you know, at this stage going through AA and, and you know you leaning on your faith to heal and all of these pieces kind of starting to come together and getting out from under that what would you say was the hardest thing and almost i want to describe it kind of like turning back on <laughs> you know um you know when you've been in a state for so long where shut down is your your way of responding or navigating the world to come back online if you will uh, I, I imagine had some really exciting things, but also maybe oh, yeah. some frustrations or fears that went along with that. Um, okay. Can you share with us a little bit about that
1: process for you? Oh, sure. I mean, that process is just clear as day to me because for many, many years I was surviving and I wasn't living. And so what do I mean by I was surviving and wasn't living? Um, I had so much turmoil on the inside of me from abuse that I experienced as a child and a teenager. And in my early twenties is that, I mean, I couldn't even focus on people that were talking to me. I was always what I call disassociated. And Mm -hmm. um, it was just the way that I was processing and, and surviving in the inside. And You know, I want to mention this part of my story, too, is that I have a lot of self-destructive behaviors from an eating disorder and from cutting myself that I could not stop and I could not control. But when you grow up in a home of a, a drug addiction and alcoholism, these are forms of ways to escape, the ways that we try to deal with our pain, to deal with our fear, the ways Mm -hmm. that we try to express that I don't like what's happening to me. So in other words, I'm a child, I'm a teenager, nobody's listening to me. I don't know where to go with this pain. And so that's where a lot of cutting comes in. But still to this day, a lot of adults struggle with cutting. As well as with eating disorder, it's a form of control to say, I feel out of control because all this stuff is happening to me that I can't control, so I feel out of control. I'm going to try to at least control my food to help me make me feel in control. Mm -hmm. And so in the recovering process, the longer that I sat in these recovering rooms and heard other people's stories through their stories, through their strength, and through their hope, it would just slowly touch some little targets in my area You know, to to help me to heal, to help Mm -hmm. me for a memory to come up. And people around the program or people strong in their faith or my trauma therapist would come around me to help me walk through that childhood memory to, you know, to one is to get angry that somebody did that to me, to grieve the loss of the relationship, and then to even go through the forgiving process. And so when I was able to go through this healing and go through all those processes, before you know it, I wasn't disassociating no more. more. I was Mm -hmm. noticing the trees. I was noticing the flowers. And then my reading was coming back to me i could i was hungry to learn what is that word what does that actually mean it's almost here's how i explain it to most of my audience is that i feel like i came out of a coma and mm. so that is mm-hmm. that is what healing and recovery actually does when we can get the help from the abuse but so many people are actually scared to deal with it and that's why we stay stay in these self-destructive behavior, self-destructive um, relationships, and in, in the addiction. Because it's, it's yeah. scary to walk through it. Yes, yeah.
0: Well, thank you for that. And what, what, I, what really stands out to me from what you just shared there is the importance of support. Uh, you know, making sure that we have someone, some group, some community, some support system that can help guide us through this because we certainly cannot heal in isolation. And there is such power. I loved what you said about how, just in hearing other people in their vulnerability and in their sharing, how that helped you to start reconnecting with your own experiences, with your own feelings um, and memories, and how that really opened the door. Um, to lead you back to this place of life right where you're really living so tell us a little bit about that you know what is life like for you today now that you're on this other side of things and not just surviving and getting by and and using these old coping strategies but are finding you know yourself in this new place what's that like for you
1: well um in a nutshell you know I I did, because of my own brokenness and the way that I was brought up, I did have to go through two abusive marriages. But when I took the time to heal, it helped me to realize what I actually deserve in life. And when I took the, when I separated myself from relationships and started doing trauma therapy and recovering, and when I was able to heal and become whole, it helped me to attract a really healthy man that I'm married to to this Mm -hmm. day. Um, we set goals together, you know we are, our faith is strong together, and we're enjoying life together. you know we're doing life together in I believe healing from any kind of abuse, sexual abuse, or trauma you know when we heal from that, we learn how to have healthy relationships and we learn how to trust again, and yeah. we learn how to we learn how to communicate you know in a healthy way, and not only that. With healing and going through this, I can share my story to offer hope to other people because I work with today, you know, going back to this, my nonprofit that I started is I speak a lot, my audience is to abused women or women who are teen moms, you know, women who Mm -hmm. um, grew up in a home where they didn't really have the support And and another important part of it that I think that I should share is that, you know, both of my parents are passed away. My dad just passed away recently, but I am so grateful and I thank God that I was able to heal and forgive both of them before they did pass away. Mm. And one of the most powerful things that I learned from my own father is that my father suffered severe trauma severe trauma in his life, and that dictated the way that he parented us children, but he was never able to find healing and freedom here on earth, Mm -hmm. and I thank God that I have been given this gift, and that is why I cannot stop sharing it with other people. Mm. So thank you.
0: And what what are the um, tell Tell me a little bit about unstuck, about your organization. You know, what can people expect to find? What resources do you offer? How are you um, How are you doing that work with abused women?
1: Um, Well, the main thing that I'm doing right now is I go out and I. You know, like at different teen programs, different churches, different recovery programs, and I'm sharing my story. And when I share my story of what it took for me to overcome, usually after I'm done speaking, then I get just like a flood of emails coming in. And so Mm -hmm. I like to kind of go through those emails and try to link people with the right resources out there because there's a lot of resources depending on their needs. And so I'm constantly re- researching what resources are out there because I can't help all these people and I can't right. fix all of them. But what I can say is guide them, you know, with the steps. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I am writing a book and I'm, I'm taking my time to write this book because I want it to be a sound book of what it would look like to overcome and different steps that you could take. And I I want to keep it short and simple. Um, I do have a website at com that you could read more about me. And I'm going to, you know, get more consistent with posting videos so people can go on there and hear, you know, different teachings or different little inspirational videos to help them get through the healing process. That's so fantastic. Paula, we need that
0: so much. And I love that you are like a hub, resource, because you're absolutely right. It's hard to keep track of all the different things that are out there and when people are coming and looking for, you know, particular type of support. So, you know, we need people like you who are able to, you know, do a little bit of that tracking down and and find those resources for for people because they're so so needed. And um, I just thank you for that work that you're doing and i thank you for the the speaking that you're doing going out into communities and talking um particularly to to young women and young and teens so that, you know, hopefully their generation can avoid some of the things that we've had to endure and raising awareness, um, increasing healing and hope uh, in all of these communities. So kudos to you. So beautiful. And thank you for, you know, your vulnerability and sharing your story and your willingness to, to get out there and, and talk with people. That's awesome. Uh, thank you, Rachel. It's so, my honor
1: to give back.
0: <laughs> mm, mhm, mhm, and also very lovely. I love like you know, you you found this place in your life where you know you have happy relationship, you know, contentment, there's peacefulness it sounds like, and uh from that place being able to give back. So that's even even cooler. Yeah. <laughs> so, right on. Okay, so anything else that you'd like to to share with our audience
1: today or talk about today? Um, I think we have covered a lot. Um, let me look a little bit at the notes. Um, okay, yeah, I was just looking at my notes real quick. I think there's one more thing that I want to wrap up with that I think that is really important and a key part is that one of the things that when I learned this it was just so powerful is that Mm. when I had learned that what happened to me was not my fault because I was so ashamed of my upbringing, you know, you know, growing up, you know, in addiction, sometimes there was lack, lack of finances, you know, lack of education because the way I was brought up and for a long time, i carried shame and guilt and i was i lived in secret because i didn't want anybody to know that i could barely read you know i didn't really want anybody to know the type of type of home that i came from you know even though Mm -hmm. when i was little i wasn't sure if this was normal or not you know but it was my Mm -hmm. normal there was still some like there's got to be something wrong with me this is my fault and so anybody that is listening today that if you've been abused or you've been sexually abused or if you're or if you're just struggling with some addiction or self harm or self destructive behaviors, just know that it's not your fault. And behind that addiction, behind that self harm and self destructive behavior is some emotional disturbance that I encourage you to take the time to get to the bottom of that so you can live a life of purpose, you know, live a life of freedom, enjoy and, and what you should actually be living.
0: Mm, beautiful, Paula. Thank you for that. And I second that, everybody listening. <laughs> I fully endorse this message. <laughs> yes. <Yeah>. Awesome. <laughs> oh man, so powerful. So, you know, I, I I love just generally, you know, what we've been exploring today. There's a the the correlations really to me is one of the key things that comes out of our our conversation between, you know, experiences that we have in childhood and behaviors that we take on as adults and, you know, the journey out of those behaviors into, you know, a healthier life, into coping strategies that serve us rather than, you know, are destructive or harm us. And, yes, it's a process and it's a journey and, you know, so many key pieces that we touched on, you know, asking for support, you know, not blaming yourself. Um, So, yeah, really, really great. And I just hope everybody today is able to, you know, really sit with that. And even if there's a part of you that still wonders or doubts or or blames yourself in some way, I hope that maybe even just a little bit of that falls away today and you can begin, you know, getting the support um, that you need to heal. And certainly Paula is a great resource to help you get started in that. And um, you can contact her at paulajoush.com. 702 at gmail.com. So that's P-A-U-L-A-J-A-U-C-H. 702 at gmail.com and again pop over to her website and check out her her resources there com, and you can find her on facebook and instagram and twitter and of course if you're interested in having paula come speak to your community uh then you can connect with her on her website as well and she'll send you some further information about that uh anything you want to add to that
1: paula nope i think you covered it all i just want to um Thank you for having me, and I just hope that my story inspires somebody to get the help that they need. Mm, I'm sure it will. I'm sure it will. and. Thank you, absolutely,
0: for being here and for joining us today. And for everybody um, listening, thank you for tuning in. And remember to pop over to rachelgrantcoaching.com as well to check out the sexual abuse recovery uh, resources that are there as well. And remember to subscribe to the podcast so you can stay up to date whenever we have a new one out. And come back and join us again because we have so much to share